High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. God, how many of you are glad to be in the house of the Ooh, Lord today? Amen. And this is um, actually the one Sunday of the year we kind of, everybody wears some team colors and things like that. And I know that a lot of people have asked, are we Kansas City fans? Uh, and so just so you know, uh, we were looking for jerseys uh, so that we could be on the same team. And these are the two that we found. I guess there's not too many people in Bay County that are Kansas City fans. And it happens to be Valentine's weekend, so yeah. But Levi loves us for this because he's a huge Kansas City fan. Yeah, our grandson. So Levi, if you're watching, this is for you. And uh, (laughs) praise the Lord. Uh, I told him, I said, listen, if we're going to minister together, we can't be on different teams. Because I could have got a Jag jersey that would have been a lot, you know, easier and cuter than this dress I'm wearing. But, you know, we have to be on the same team. That's right. (laughs) But anyway, uh, today is a day that uh, it's about once a year that we actually share together, particularly in the month of February, because I believe that God's greatest team is the husband and wife team that he created. The family is the greatest team that God ever created. How many of you know God did it right when it, uh, whenever he created man and then he created woman? Amen. And, you know, in the very beginning of creation, God said that it was not good for man to be alone. Let me read this scripture out of Genesis chapter 1. It says, uh, verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Notice he does say, he did say, let them. So he was speaking specifically to male and female. And by the way, just so I can go ahead and insert this, we'll see this in the next uh, uh, verse. Uh, but God created male and female. I'll say that again. You'll get it in a second. God created male and female. God didn't create shims. Oh, let's go. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? How do you know there are two genders that God created? You know, God settled the, the question of gender confusion. I'm not saying that there aren't people that are confused today, and we want to pray for those people. We want to reach out, and we want to love those people, but we never change or compromise the truth. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Amen. We believe the truth. So God Amen. created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. God blessed who? Male and female. Amen. God blessed one man and one woman. Amen. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. By the way, the only way you can technically be fruitful and multiply, it takes a man and a woman to do that. Come on. Right? And I'm not going to do a biology lesson this morning, but I think most of us realize that. Two women and two men can't create a baby. Right. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see at the very dawn of creation, one of the first things that God does after he provides a place for man to live, uh, creates the earth, creates every creeping thing that's on the earth, creates the cattle, creates something for you to eat, praise the Lord, uh, creates the fish uh, of the sea, creates all the vegetation, he creates man and woman. Of course, actually created Adam first. 
And whenever he saw Adam, he looked at him and said, boy, you can't do this by yourself. How many of you men will agree with me? You can't do it by yourself. Have you know as good as Tom Brady is, he can't do it by himself. I said Tom Brady. He didn't that's, do it by himself. He didn't do it by himself. <laughs> that's the reason he's not in the Super Bowl this year. You know, the reality is he can't do it by himself. And even, even Mahomes needs a Kelsey, right? And the reality is that every, you know, winning team that we've ever seen, there's always uh, somebody that they were always, uh, they were winning with. They weren't just winning by themselves. Right. He throws it and I catch it. His underwear, his socks. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just a little levity there. <laughs> That doesn't sound right. How many right. of you women? <laughs> that really doesn't sound right. How many of you women are thankful for your man? How many of you are thankful that God created man? Amen. I am. I have the best. <laughs> Thank you, baby. I, I, I'm so thankful for her. I really don't throw my underwear. I just want to make sure joke. everybody knows that. That was just a joke. <laughs> I really don't. So God, levity here. <laughs> God created a husband and wife. And I believe the husband and wife are God's greatest team. Amen. We are the winning team. Can you look at your spouse and say, we are a winning team? Come on, Amen. tell them that. And so God never intended within the team of the family, within the team of the marriage, that there be adversarial relationships. Right. God called for us to operate in unity. It's not one up, one down, one's greater than, one's less than. No, we are a team together. And uh, Peter actually said that you are heirs together of the grace of life. And whenever you actually study that out, what it literally means is that you are equal heirs. You are, you are on the same page. You carry the same authority. There is something that God wants to do within your life together. And we have to understand that principle. And again, you know, uh, any time that even within a team, one player begins to feel like I'm better than everybody else, I will tell you that's the destruction of the team. That's the truth. And we have to realize, men, that we're not better than our wives, and wives are not better than your husbands. Amen. Yes, you are more beautiful. Praise the Lord for that. <laughs> but the reality, because there is no beautiful man. There's never been a beautiful man. There's not even a handsome man. There are. There well, are I think there's handsome men. There are, they're that just men. You. They're just, you know, we're men, okay? But God made, you know, really a woman was God's crowning creation because after he made man, he said, I'm going to do one up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it even better this time because man was refined from the dirt. We're, we're all made from the dirt. We were refined from the dirt. But whenever God made woman, she is doubly fine. Praise the Lord, right? Doubly refined and doubly fine. So listen, women, they were not created from the dirt. They were created from something that was already refined and was made even to a higher level. Amen? How many of you men agree with that? <laughs> so this morning, we want to share some things about operating as a team because we have to understand that we are a team. If the enemy can begin to make you believe that you, uh, you know, one of you is supposed to, uh, on one page, one of you on another, and, you know, one's better than the other, and begins to separate the team, what will begin to take place is your marriage will go down the toilet real quickly. And I don't believe that that's God's will, that's not God's plan. So I want to give you some principles this morning, some biblical principles about how to operate as a team. You've got to realize that your spouse is your greatest team member. Amen. That's your greatest team Amen. member. They are more than anybody else. And by the way, nobody should ever get closer to you than your spouse. Amen. That's nobody right. Nobody should ever get, I don't care, no co-worker should ever get closer Come to on. you. 
Listen, I love my mom and dad, but my mom and dad are not closer to me than my spouse. I love my mom and dad. I love my children, but you know what? My children are not closer to me than my spouse. I love my wife more than anybody else that's walking on the face of this planet. There's only one person I love anymore, and that's Jesus. Praise the Lord. He's the only one that I love anymore. He has to be at the center of it all. He has to be at the center of every bit of it. Absolutely. So the first thing that you need to do in order to operate as a team is you got to recognize that you need one another. Amen. You got to recognize you need one another. So tell your spouse real quickly, I need you, baby. Come on, tell them. I need you, baby. All right. You know, each one of us have an assignment. We need to understand that each one of us are unique and each one of us have a a unique purpose. And I shared a little bit with the ladies about purpose. But if you've, you've got to realize that your spouse has a unique purpose and that you have a unique purpose and that you were put together to fulfill that one purpose. Amen. So you can't just say, well, he needs to do it my way or she needs to do it my way because that's when you get in trouble. I can't be um, a great receiver if I'm trying to be the quarterback. Right. So I can't receive what God's trying to do if it's not, if that's not what I'm called to do at that moment in time in that situation or circumstances. There are times I hear things from the Lord. There are times he hears things from the Lord. And we have to trust one another and we have to believe in one another. We have to to come into agreement with one another, whether it's our our idea or not. But we have to know that we all, each and every one of us, have a specific purpose and a specific call. And God put us together to fulfill that specific call and that specific purpose. Right. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. part of team. Absolutely. And so the reality is, I remember back in 1995, and we were considering moving out to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, yep. Scottsdale, Arizona. Wonderful opportunity. It was a wonderful church. And uh, man, I, they would talk about a great opportunity. It was, it was awesome. Everything that a worship leader, music minister ever dreamed of was actually there in Scottsdale, Arizona. And everything a mother ever dreamed of for her kids because they had a... Right a fantastic kids ministry and they right. loved our kids they welcomed our kids i mean it was it was right. the dream right you know it was it the really dream was. job it was it really the dream was. place and uh however I was, I was fully convinced you know because the attitude that i had was man i've been sewing all these years yeah. i've been serving the lord all these years now praise god i've my been playing with awful musicians in. all these years and yeah. now i get no, studio no. musicians i was just a one-man band yeah, yeah. for a lot well you yeah. are the awful yeah. musician then were you <laughs> <laughs> you're playing with a box all these years yeah so but the reality is you know it was like hey finally something has happened there's been great breakthrough I know this is the Lord you know sometimes when you look at things in the natural and they're real great uh, it's hard for us to see past the allure of the thing that's actually there and we think because it's got dollar signs affixed to it and opportunity affixed to it this must be God but uh, you have to realize there's good things and then there's God things right right and we have to make sure we're always going after the God thing and not the good thing and um, it was wonderful and great. And I was, I'd already told them, I said, we're coming. We're going we're gonna, yeah. to be on our way. We were looking for a house. We were out there looking yeah. for a house. And uh, while we were there, uh, Pastor Stacy, she looked at me and she said, this is not God. This is not God. And I was course, excited until then. Yep. Yeah, and I was not excited about what she had to say at all. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I was a little upset about it. What do you mean? We were sitting in a restaurant. I remember we were sitting in a restaurant at a booth looking over each other. And I said, Robert, I got to tell you, I I just got checks about this. I don't feel like this is God. And he's like, what? We've already told them we were coming. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we got to untell them because (laughs) this ain't God. We got to do something because we can't do this. This will be bad if we do this. I just, I can't get peace about it. She had a check in her spirit. I did. A big check. This wasn't the Lord. Like when you know, and, what, and this is one of the decisions that we always made. We made in the beginning of our relationship that if either one of us ever had a strong check about doing something, that we would not yeah. do it. We would yeah. not do it. 
As a matter of fact, even our church leadership, it's the right. way that we function in right. our church leadership. Uh, we move by what we call consensus. Our board moves by consensus. Our financial directors move by consensus. And if anybody has a real strong check that this is not the way we need to go, we, we, we find a place of agreement for everybody so we can move forward. Because how many know there's power in agreement? Amen. There's power in agreement. And she didn't feel like this was the Lord. And I said, okay. Well, it ended up about a year later, things exploded in the, in the church. And the church went down to just almost nothing. And they, had, they lost their building. And how many of you know that God will protect you if Amen. you will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit? Yes. But listen, this was what was real key. We, need to, we had to recognize, I had to recognize, this is my greatest team member. And she is seeing something that I'm not seeing right now. And how many know that we make up that, you know, many times as husbands and wives, we, the husband might see one thing and the wife might see something else. And you have to come together to get the entire picture. That's right. What I was seeing was opportunity. These are good people, and that was all accurate. But what she was seeing, she was seeing something down the road that I could not see at that time. And see, we have to be willing to allow our, uh, our, our spouses to speak into our lives whenever they see things like that. Because the reality is we need one another. And this is something that we do on a daily basis. This was right. just a major event that's easy to share. Yes. So it's something that we have to do on a daily basis, not just with major events. I mean, you have to do it daily yep. um, in the little things even. You Absolutely. know, there may be something that you said or something that you're going to do or whatever. And you're, If your spouse says, listen, you need to correct that or you need to fix that, you need to be open and you need to listen and be willing to receive without being hurt. Absolutely. That's a hard one. Right. That's a hard one. But you have to be willing to receive, and be, right. because they, you have to understand that they love you and they want God's best for you, right. and they're, you're on the same team. They want to win just like you want to win in life, right. and so they're for you. They're not against you whenever that, things like that happen. Absolutely. He could have easily said, no way, we're not doing that. I've given my word. We're going to stand with what we said, but you know, it would have been devastation in the end, right. and it would have caused us as a team more harm than it would have good, Absolutely. and so we have to be willing to listen to those little things even, not just the big things but the little things right. even. It could have ended up negatively affecting our entire family. Right. And I'm so thankful today for my wife. As a matter of fact, we came back, uh, we were traveling back and forth. That was the end of 95. It was 1996 that the Lord began to speak yeah. to us about starting this church. You know what? If we'd have been, in, been out in Phoenix, Arizona, we would have not have started this church. Or been delayed. And, and uh, I'm so thankful that I was willing to listen to my greatest teammate. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm so grateful that God put us together. And, you know, and now we have this church today. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And so, you know, you have to realize that every team, you know, I don't care how great an individual that you might be, you need your spouse. Amen. The reality is Tom Brady, although he was a great quarterback, they call him the GOAT, he needed Gronkowski. That's the bottom line. Gronkowski was a, a tight end that he was able to throw the ball to. And how many times whenever they were in a crunch you know, crunch moment. They, you know, it seemed like Brady would, for you that know football, he would always find Gronkowski and was able to get what they needed. And as a matter of fact, Gronkowski won four Super Bowls with Tom Brady. You know, Patrick Mahomes, as I said already, he needs a Travis Kelsey. Jalen Hurts, he needs an A.J. Brown, right? Joe Montana needed a Jerry Rice, right? Troy Aikman needed a Michael Irving. Peyton Manning needed a Marvin Harrison. Johnny Unanis, for you that really can remember way back, I remember needed him. a Raymond Berry. And so, you know, the reality is every great quarterback that was on a team, they needed a good receiver. They needed numerous receivers. They needed running backs. And by the way, 
uh, as we saw with some great quarterbacks this past season that didn't have a good offensive line and Ooh. they continued to get sacked. The reality is it doesn't matter how great the quarterback is, if he don't have a good offensive line, he's not going to be that well, you know, do that well in the long run. Amen. And so the reality is we need our teammate, praise the Lord, and we have to understand that. Paul said this at the hand cannot say to the eye that I don't need you. Right. You know what? And we, as husband and wife, we can't say, I don't need you. I can do this better by myself. Really, that's the language of pride. It's the language of arrogance. And really, the team is doomed to fail if that's your attitude. That's right. You know, you might end up, you know, by chance making it, but you won't do it with joy. You won't do it with happiness. You won't do it with peace. You'll do it just because you bite your lip and you, you know, say, I'm just going to make it to the end. And listen, I believe, although it's important that we have a determination that our marriages are going to last, listen, the Lord wants your marriage to last with joy. Amen. Amen. He wants to run your, run your race with yes. joy, right? So I'm not just like, I can't stand this teammate that I have, but I'm just putting up with them. That should not be the attitude that we have whatsoever. So the hand can't say to the eye, I don't need you. The husband can't say to the wife, I don't need you. The wife can't say to the husband, I don't need you. The reality is we need one another. Amen. Amen. Can you look at your spouse once again and say, I really need you. I really need you. See, the reality is team, you might want to write this down. Team begins where need is recognized. Wow. Team begins where need is recognized. You can't really have a team if you feel like you don't need anybody right. else. The reality is we need others, amen? You know, there's so many jobs that we have going on right now with our staff. The reality is most all of them, I've done some, at some point in time. I've led worship. I've arranged music. Uh, I mean, I've cleaned floors. I've done, uh, we've done, believe, didn't do a good job, but did youth there for a little while, a long, long time ago, and it was a terrible youth group. And um, Thank God. We, <laughs> yes, he know, is I not just, a youth I did not, not have an anointing pastor. for youth. I couldn't. They, they drove me crazy, as but nonetheless. As I encouraged him, he could not do it. <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't real good with youth. But he loves you all. Yes, he I do. I love you. the youth. I'm but he to loves look. the fact that we look, have. Look, I'll do the gritty, okay? All right, so, <laughs> all right, so show you that I'm down with you, okay? I'm not doing the gritty. <laughs> so, but the reality is, you know, I, I, I wasn't good at any of that. There's some things I did pretty well at and many jobs we could do. I'm going somewhere with this. But the reality is we have to have a staff because one man cannot do right. it by themselves. Amen. Right? You have to have a team. And so it's important. Here's the second thing. You got to learn to listen to one another. Learn and listen to one another. This is what James said, James 1, 19. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Well, how many times do we get that reverse? Who has problems with that one besides me? <laughs> Come on, be honest. <laughs> yeah, we probably all have problems at times. But let everyone be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. See, to function as a team, we got to focus more on opening our ears and actually shutting our mouths. Right. Because a lot of times what we want to do is we want to tell our spouse our opinion, but we're not willing to listen to theirs. Right. You know what? And you have to do more than just listen to the words that are coming out of your spouse's mouth. You have to be able to listen beyond the words and listen to their heart. Right. Because the reality is, is I think with most all relationships, many times there may be one that's real good at communicating and maybe one that's not as good as good at communicating. And maybe they have difficulty sometimes articulating things 
um, you know, in a proper manner, a proper way, or even saying exactly what they feel in their heart. And you have to learn to be able to listen to their heart more than just the words themselves. Does that make he sense? He has to listen to his, my heart a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just put it like that. Absolutely. <laughs> we say, I've owned my discernment that yes, way. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Focus my discernment, yes. I've helped you become who you are today. You have, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> but effective communication is not defined as talking only. But deficient communication is the number one reason, get this, it is the number one reason for divorce today. And so communication involves more than talking, it involves listening, and it involves actually hearing somebody's heart. Right. Listen, don't seek to be heard if you yourself are not willing to listen. Right. You see, this is the way it goes. If you will sow the seed of listening, then you will reap the harvest of being heard. You might wanna write that one down. If you'll sow the seed of listening, then you'll reap the harvest of being heard. We can never expect to be heard if we're not willing to listen ourselves. You gotta seek to understand by listening to your spouse's heart and then give weight to their words. I have to be honest with you, you know, when we were first married uh, and, and Pastor Stacy, she, she, she can talk and uh, and uh, and she would, you know, talk. And a lot of times I thought, would well, she just, you know, just And he didn't talk on. back then. Huh? And he didn't talk back then. No, I didn't say then. very much. I didn't say very much. No. But, you know, she would say things, and I would, a lot of times just blow it off, you know, just kind of like, eh, she just kind of saying stuff, or I get frustrated with something. I know nobody else in here has ever done that, but I did. And, uh, and so the reality is I had to learn that whenever she was saying these things, there was something in her heart that she was attempting to express. And it's very important to hear this, that we do not blow off right. our spouse's heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what they're saying. But we have to be willing to listen to them. And also, you have to learn to not be defensive whenever they say something that they believe needs to be adjusted within your life. The reality is, if our spouse tells us something that's going on that they don't appreciate that we're doing, most of the time, we don't say, no problem. I'm sure I'm glad that you brought that to my attention. The reality is immediately we go, absolutely not. You know, what do you mean? You know, we get defensive. You know, that's the flesh. The flesh rises up. It gets defensive. It takes a position. I, you know, nothing wrong with me because we end up perceiving it as some type of personal attack. And let me encourage you this morning. Don't perceive. Don't allow the enemy to get put those type of of glasses on your body where you begin to right. perceive the uh, adjustments that your spouse may be saying that she needs or that he needs as some type of attack on your personage. It's real easy. Listen, I've done it. I've done it more times than I can even count. And, uh, you know, and I'll let her speak for herself there. Yeah, you know, it's real easy to hear wrong when you're hurt. Whenever you hear through the lens of hurt and whenever you're receiving what they're saying to you is, is hurtful, you have to just be really careful. You have to realize your spouse loves you. Your spouse cares for you. Your spouse is there for you. They're your team member. So if what they're saying be always becomes hurtful to you, you need to check yourself. You need to check and say, is it me? Is there something in me, Lord, that's, that I need to adjust? Because if you're always hearing through hurt, it may be something in your own heart that you need to to uh, check and fix you know we have LRM around here and a lot of us you know have been through LRM life restoration ministries 
and there are, there are always things that, uh, you know, there, there can be things that are there that you don't even know about, that you don't even realize, and you're reacting or acting out of those things. And you need to just be careful that you don't allow hurt to cause you to hear wrong. And also, you can't allow hurt to cause you to speak wrong because you react instead of, you know, processing and, and uh reacting properly, we react out of that hurt or responding. Instead of responding, we react. And so sometimes we just have to pray in the spirit for a minute if we feel that in us. And, and it's something I've kind of been working on for the last couple of years now. I just, I want to respond correctly. Do I always? Absolutely not. Are we perfect? No. And any of our staff will tell you. We are very transparent. I mean, most of you know us very well. And if we have an opinion, we're going to share it. Sometimes, uh, you know, out of that hurt or that, you know, that we'll, we'll react instead of respond correctly. And so we always have to be careful that we don't react, but we respond the way we should and not out of hurt, but out of love and care and concern and understanding. Amen. So go ahead. That's good. Praise the Lord. Listen, you've got to place value on the words and the opinions of your yes. spouse. You have to value them. And I think that's the biggest thing. If you can begin to value what they're saying, right. that will actually counteract defensiveness within your own yes. life. You won't become defensive if you're actually valuing sure. what they have to say. Usually if we become defensive many, I'm just saying this many times, if defensiveness is rooted in the fact that we're not valuing the person's opinion Absolutely. that we're hearing. Absolutely. And it causes us to rise up with this defensive posture and position. And I encourage you to make a decision that not to do that, okay? Uh, the next thing is this, is you need to appreciate your differences and you need to embrace them. Uh, I know when we first got married, I can't tell you how long that I tried to make her like me. I could not understand why she didn't think like me. I couldn't understand why don't you want the recliner right in the middle of the living room, right in front of the tele? It doesn't make sense to me, okay? And you know, why, why, don't, why don't you think this way? Why aren't you feeling this way? And uh, what we have to realize whenever, when God created woman, he said, I will make a helper. I will make a help meet for him is what the original uh, King James Version says. But there's two Hebrew words that are used there. One is neged and the other is ezer. Neged literally means to stand out boldly opposite of. It's like the opposite piece of a puzzle. You know what makes a piece of a puzzle, uh, the pieces of puzzle actually fit together is that they're exact opposites of one another. They're the inverse of one another. And so understand this, your spouse, in order for y'all to fit right, they have, you have to be the inverse of one another. It means you're not gonna think the same way about everything on creation, everything in the house. And what we have to learn to do is appreciate those differences. Don't attempt to make your spouse think exactly like you. Right. Don't attempt to make them exactly like you. You know, I think about this sometimes. The reality is whenever people fell in love with each other, there was something. How many of you fell in love with your spouse? At some point in time, I mean, you fell in love with your spouse. There was something about your spouse that caused you to fall in love with them, right? You know what? And the reality is she's never been like me. She's never been exactly like me. And uh, I don't know if ex that's exactly what attracted me to her, but the reality is usually we're not necessarily attracted. You've heard the old saying, opposites attract, you know? We're not necessarily attracted to somebody who is our carbon copy. We're attracted to somebody that's different. They, they, God made us that way. That's Man. the way he made man and woman. 
And we're attracted to people that are different, okay? And so the fact of the matter is she didn't think exactly like uh, I thought. And she didn't do things exactly the way that I did them. But you know what? I loved her. And, you know, sometimes we got to go back. I've, we we got to go back to whenever we first met. What attracted you to that individual? Right. Isn't it interesting that sometimes what attracted us to one another actually now has become the irritant in our relationship? <laughs> you know what? And we need to turn that around. Amen. Okay? And so we have to... You're different, and I embrace the fact that you're different. You know what? You think different, and that's good, because you know what? When we come together now, we can get a complete picture, because I'm just seeing one thing. You're seeing something else. Right. And whenever we put it all together, we can see a more complete picture. Is that Amen. making sense Amen. to you? Okay? Your spouse is going to see things different so often, many times. Listen, we should complete, not compete. That's good. We should complete one another, not compete with one another. So we're not competing. We're not in a rival type of relationship, okay? The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing, differing. having gifts that are different. Paul's talking specifically about the body of Christ right. there. And he says, every member of the church, you're different. You have different gifts. And the reality is there's going to be some people that have strong prophetic anointings, some people have strong serving anointings. Some people have just, you know, hospitality anointings. There's all sorts of anointings that are throughout the church. And the reality is, it, if everybody's exactly like me, then we don't need me. Does that make sense? See, right. we need one another because of our differences, not because of the areas that we are alike, okay? Right. So we have to appreciate our differences and embrace them. Don't try to make somebody just exactly like you. Don't make your spouse exactly like you. Appreciate the fact that they're different. Here's the next one. You need to be accountable to one another. Accountable to one another, okay? And uh, the reality is even on most sports teams, there's a measure of accountability that every player has to, to one another. And if they see one of, you know, one of them's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, then they're going to call them on that right. because there's actually accountability that's going on actually within the team. It doesn't come from just the coach, but it actually comes even from the players on the team themselves. Right. You know, and they'll begin to encourage one another, come on, you got to get on with the program. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to take it up another notch. Okay. So we got to be accountable to the Lord. Yes. But we also need to be accountable to one another. Amen. So in the beginning, God would actually come down and he would commune with Adam and he would commune with Eve. Why? Is it possible that Adam needed counsel and instruction? Is it possible that Eve needed counsel and instruction? The reality is even as a husband and wife team, we always need to hear from the Lord. Can everybody say amen to that? Amen. And by the way, that's the reason you need to be planted in the house of the Lord. Those yes. who are planted in the house will flourish in the courts. And so whenever we get planted in a local church and we allow our roots to go down deep, then God can do something with us. That's why it's so wonderful about all these new members. It's wonderful to have new members actually get their roots down and get plugged into the local church because you grow right. as a result of that. But hear this on a team level, on a week to uh, day in, day out uh, 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 living, we have to be accountable to one another. That's right. I was going to say, you know, even I don't know a lot about football. Well, I know there are a lot of people out there who, who are never, they're excellent, excellent, excellent players, but they never get assigned to a team. They never make it to the big leagues. They never make it 
because of different issues in their life or different situations. That's why it's so important that you get plugged into a church. When you were talking about that, you know, there you've got to be part of a team because that's where your gifts and talents and abilities will shine. You'll never be seen if you're not part of a team. You're just a lone ranger. You're never seen. You never you you can't fulfill the fullness of what God has for you if you're not plugged in to a team. You'll never make it to the big time if you're not plugged into a team. Absolutely. Yeah, there are excellent players everywhere, but if they're not on a team, they're never seen. Right. And see, the reality is all of us need accountability within our lives. And so I always uh, tell husbands and wives, uh, you should be willing to give your phone to your spouse anytime, any day, any moment, doesn't matter where you're at, you should be willing to give it to them and say, you can look at anything that's going on on my phone. Amen. Right. You should be willing to allow them to go into your computer and look at every single email that you uh -huh. have. Think that's not that's not good enough for high praise. Whew. You need to be willing to allow your your spouse to look at every single email that you have. That's right. Right? They should be able to Nothing look at to every hide. text that you have on, on your telephone. Matter of fact, you shouldn't be texting nobody. You shouldn't be texting. Right. Right. Well, that goes without saying. Right. But, you know, the reality is, you know, your life should be an open book. Absolutely. There should be no secrets. Can you look at somebody and say, no secrets? No secrets. Come on, tell them again, no secrets. Don't everybody grab your phone and start trying to erase things right now. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be kind of like the quarterback in the huddle saying, um, I'm not going to tell you all what the play is going to be right now, right? Right, right. Yeah, you just guess, you know. Right. Just kind of guess. We're not going to communicate. We're not going to. We're not going to have any interaction. Right. You know, just run somewhere. Run. Do something. Yeah. Right. Hope. Hope we get a. Yeah. Hope a we yard make a play. play. Yeah. yeah. No, the reality is Chaos. you're not going to go very far. Right. Right. And listen, if you're hiding things from your and you spouse, you wouldn't have trust either. Listen, if you're hiding things, but let me back up. If you're not hiding anything, you have no reason that you can't do this. Yeah. If you're not hiding something, right? you have no reason to hide. But if you're hiding something, then I would encourage you real quickly to get rid of whatever you've been hiding. Right? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm here to tell you to change your life. And then be honest with right? your spouse about it. Absolutely. Don't just keep hiding it. Absolutely. Be honest. Absolutely. Ask for forgiveness and move forward. And my wife, you know, she knows, you, she can look at my iPhone. She can look at my iPad. She can, she can look at, uh, you know, my computer. She can look at anything. Praise the Lord <laughs> that I have. Understand what I mean by that. <laughs> but anyway, you know, my life's an open book before her, and she can, I mean, it's totally transparent. Praise God. We're right? digging a hole. <laughs> yeah, let's go on. All right. Go on. Let's move on before I turn our son's color right. of this jersey. All right. Here's the next principle. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Listen, Fun I want to, we want to help your marriage. This is, this is, come on. This, this is your, your, your spouse that's your greatest team member. And what you've got to do is you got to, these are all biblical principles. You know what I found is that the Bible has the answer to every question that you have Amen. and every issue that you Amen. would ever have in your marriage or your home. I don't care if it's about children or whatever it is, the Bible has the answer, the Word of God. And we've already shared a number of scriptures and a lot more that we could actually share. You know, one of the things concerning being accountable, though, is that you know, it says, this is what the Bible says, without counsel, without counsel, plans go awry. Without counsel, plans go awry. Another way right. we could say that without some type of accountability. Right. Without allowing somebody else to speak into your life, plans will go awry. They'll go the wrong direction. You'll end up crashing. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Things are established within your life. They succeed when you allow other people to speak into your life. And listen, right. it's got to start with your spouse. 
In order for that to happen, your life's got to be an open book before them. Amen. Here's the next principle. You got to refuse to give up. So look at somebody and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Listen, every team faces adversity and every team faces challenges. Right. You know, and in the marriage team, I'll tell you, it's real easy. Now, particularly in our society and culture, you know, there was somebody the other day that was, uh, was watching something on television, some kind of interview, and, you know, they said that they were on their fifth marriage, and I was going, Lord, have mercy. Now, again, I'm not to, not to condemn anybody, but, you know, uh, they've, uh, at least they've gotten it wrong four times. Well, you don't understand who I married. Well, listen, you're the one who said I do. Well, thank you for that overwhelming response, right? You chose to marry them. Yeah. Nobody held a gun to your head and said, you got to go marry them. You chose, you chose to, so you made the decision. You know what? And you just have to make a decision. Again, if you've ever been through a divorce, I'm not condemning you or anything like that whatsoever. But I'm just saying that too, too often today, people are giving up on their marriage. Yeah. And the reality is Stacy and I, Pastor Stacy and I, we could, have been, we could have given up a long time ago. We could have given up within the first year. Man, I was ready to strangle her. I tell you that. I'm just being real honest. It's like, would, would you please be quiet, you know? He threw so many penalty flags on me, it wasn't even I'm funny. I'm Taking and those I yellow flags, I wasn't a referee. You know, we were, we were constantly fussing. And I'll tell you, I, uh, I will tell you one of the things that our children learn from our marriage is that you can fuss and fume and your marriage can still succeed. Yeah, I don't understand these people who say, so, we've never had an argument in our lives. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Lord, <laughs> lay hands on me. <laughs> but sometimes Pastor Stacy, she would, this is a long time ago, but she'd get on something and she just wouldn't stop, you know. And now I know none of That's you are ever he like that. That's because wouldn't talk. And, I just uh, wouldn't talk would, about it. just wouldn't stop. And I was going, <laughs> I, I was wanting to lay hands suddenly on her, but not in a real loving way, but nonetheless. <laughs> and uh, I, I just couldn't understand, you know, listen, I heard you, you know, okay, all right, fine, I just give up. But nonetheless. <laughs> White flag. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> But this is the bottom line. Listen, every single one of us have been through adverse situations. All of us have had challenges. How many of you had some challenges in your marriage? How many of you wanted to give up before? How many of you wanted to just say, that's it, I'm gone. I won't sing the songs again, but I'm leaving on a jet plane. Don't sing on Out the bag, Jack. No, stop. New plan, Stan. <laughs> Get on the bus, Gus. Don't need to discuss much. He's going to sing it. Right? We're gone. I'm gone. See you later. Bye-bye. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to do it so many times. Got in the car, tried to drive away. Didn't work. She got behind the car. <laughs> wouldn't let me go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. I'm really not kidding either about that. <laughs> so, you know, the reality is we've all been through those situations. But you know what we said? You know, we're going we're gonna to make this work. We're going to make this work. I was a good team player. I stayed. See? She was. She would not get off the You're team. You're not getting off my team. Yeah, the owner tried to kick her off, but she refused to go. But nonetheless, <laughs> listen, this is the fact. The reality is in a game, the offense can't give up on the defense or vice versa. You know, you got to, you know, there's been times where the defense is probably wanting to say that, that sorry offense. Yep. Man, that quarterback can't do anything. Receivers can't do anything. Man, our defense is holding them. How much longer do we have to hold them? We just need you to score some points, okay? Yep. Just a few points, and we win the game. But you know what? The team stays together because once right. they start fighting with each other, okay, 
and they get at odds with each other, then they're surely going to lose. So you got to yep. refuse to give up, okay? Refuse to let your opponent, the devil, win in your marriage. Amen. you got to realize it's the devil that's wanting to split you up. It's the devil that's wanting to destroy your home. It's the devil who wants your kids. And you got to refuse to give up. Listen, I firmly believe that whenever a husband and wife, then whenever they come into agreement concerning their children, Amen. there is no power in hell. Yes. There is no power in hell that can prevent God's will and his purpose Amen. from being done. Amen. And the devil wants to come and bring division between husband and wife. Why? Because he wants the entire family. And you got to make a decision. No, this is a team that God that has put together, Amen. and we will not allow the devil to split up. Yeah. We sang it this morning. Yes. Did you hear the words that we were singing this morning? Devil, you can't have my family. Amen. Right. Look at somebody say, the devil can't have my family. The devil can't have my family. See, it starts with your marriage. It yeah. starts with your home. I know your spouse may not be perfect. By the way, go look in the mirror. You're not either. Amen. The reality is you can't use that. Well, you don't understand what they're like. No, listen, you said I do. And whenever you said I do, you're done. And you're going to stay together. And you're going to make it work. And Amen. you're going to see God come through. Amen. Yes, Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. And this is the last principle. And that is this. you got to guard your words and speak life. Amen. Guard what's coming out of your mouth and speak life. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And that you will eat the fruit thereof. In other words, yep. whatever's coming out of your mouth, that's, that's the fruit you're going to eat in the long run. That's what's going to happen in your life. That's the kind of fruit. Whatever you're eating today is usually the result of the seed that you sowed yesterday. And so what you have to make a decision, if you don't like the harvest that you got right now, you've got to start sowing seed for a new harvest. Amen? Amen. The reality is in a sports, any kind of sports activity, if the, if the individual players are speaking negative things about each other, their team is going to end up collapsing. Right. It'll cause bad morale actually on the, on the team. Your words can bless and it can build, or your words can curse and crush. And the reality is, listen, husbands, your words have power in the life of your wife. Amen. And wives, listen, your husband may not show that he's having any kind of feelings or any kind of hurt, but you can hurt him also right, right. with the words that come out of your mouth. They may not go somewhere and cry, but I will tell you, inside they're hurting. Right. And so we have to be very careful about the words that we are speaking within our relationship. Husbands, what you're saying to your wives. Wives, what you're saying about your husband. And by the way, you also need to be careful concerning the words you, you start talking about each yourself. Right. Listen, ladies, rather than looking in the mirror and saying how bad you look and how you wish you had this and you wish you had that and talk, talking about your figure and your fat and anything else that you might have or not have, listen, why don't you begin to speak the word of the Lord? Amen. I am fearfully and wonderfully Amen. made. Amen. Can I tell you, that'll change the way in your approach, actually, even in your marriage That's relationship. You start saying, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, every day I tell my wife how beautiful she is. I tell her every day she's a brick house. I do. Hmm? Don't sing it. <laughs> Don't sing it. All right, we'll move on. I've gotten counsel from the other per teammate. 
But I tell her every day how beautiful she is. I tell her how wonderful she is. You know what? Listen, ladies, you have to make sure that you don't then turn around and say, well, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, listen, your husband thinks you're absolutely beautiful. They think that you're absolutely gorgeous. How many men think that your wife is absolutely beautiful? Do you believe that? How many believe that she's on brick? Oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. She's a brick house. Anybody believe that? Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> see, and you need to see, you need, and the reality is, men, you have to do the same thing. Right. You know? And you, you got to believe you're a stud. Right? Let's see, there's one buys, right? right? There's two buys, there's two by fours, but yeah, it I takes mean, you all might be of a, them to build a house, know. You house, might right? be a 12 by 12, but yeah, whatever, I don't know. there's all kinds, but that's okay. It takes all kinds, right? It doesn't matter, right. <laughs> and I'm when, still a stud. That's right. Hallelujah. I wouldn't right? trade you for anything. You don't have a choice. That's right. <laughs> and neither do you. Right, absolutely, and I'm not trading you. But yeah, cheaper to keep her. Got too life. much invested. <laughs> I'm too old to start that. with another one right now. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I got you. Amen. But you know what, wives, we do, he's, he mentioned that, you know, about, about uh, us looking in the mirror and, and really criticizing ourselves. It'll affect the way that we react and respond to others. If we're not careful, we'll begin to see ourselves that way. We'll begin to think everybody sees us that way. And as wives, also, we need to be our husband's biggest cheerleaders. You know, so many times we, uh, we just are so focused on ourselves and so focused on our career, fo so focused on this, so focused on that, that we forget, you know, we're, we're pretty emotional people and we forget that we we need to, to uh, encourage and cheer on our husbands and encourage and cheer on our, our, our spouse. So don't be ones that are uh, only critical all the time, always criticizing, always finding fault, always wanting more, always needing more. Be one that will ex uh, exhort and lift up your spouse because they need it too. Just like Pastor Robert said, you know, we're a team and we need to encourage one another. If on the field, the team begins to fight, against one another. They're not going to win in the end. They're going to fall apart and destruction is going to come and they'll never even accomplish the first purpose that they set out for. Guarantee you whenever they started out the day, the morning, they were in a huddle and they were all for each other. And the minute somebody did something wrong or the minute somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do, you know, they can't attack one another. They have to encourage one another because that's the only way to stay on track and win the game in the end. Absolutely. Would you stand to your feet today? How many of you married uh, you that are married will say, you know what? I'm going to join together with my teammate, with my team member. And you, maybe that you're not married, but maybe you're part of a family. But I just want families to gather together. I want to pray over your family. We're making this declaration. As for me and my house, we're going to serve it. As for me and my house, he'll have his way. As for me and my house, we will serve him always. Amen. Listen, I believe that God wants to do a great thing within your family. Hear this. We can prophesy. We can preach a strong word. But you know what? If our marriages are failing, then we're missing it somewhere. If we're not, if we're not making it in our marriages, if things aren't moving in the right direction in our marriage and our home, then somewhere we're missing it. And so I want all the marriage, all the husband and wives, families to get together. And, and Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every marriage, over every family over every home that's represented here in this church body and we declare Lord God that we will serve you we echo the words of Joshua when he said as for me and my house 
we will serve the Lord. Say that. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say it again. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord God, I declare your peace. I declare your joy. I declare wholeness in marriages and homes, in families now in the name of Jesus. We fortify our marriages, fortify our homes today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you praise, and we give you honor. We say and we speak to every demonic force of hell, you can't have our family. You can't have our families. You can't have our marriage. You can't have any part of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that our families are strong. We declare that our families are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We declare to the prodigals that they're coming home. We come into agreement today. Husbands and wives, come into agreement today. Our children will serve the Lord. Our children are coming home to the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, I break every power of hell, every power of darkness down. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of division and strife and discord that would attack homes and families. And we declare unity in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.